So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.J. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody, to the 15-minute Friday. This Friday, we are talking about brokers. This is an important one because me and Rock, we've been this week, we've both been dealing with, I've been dealing with broker selling on the real estate side. Rock's been dealing with the broker selling on our website side uh, for to buy an online business. And there's things that you need to know and some of the frustrations and the good things that you have with them. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been good because we've both gotten deals coming our way out of it. Mm-hmm. But Two, you need to be aware. You, you can stumble on some landmines. Yeah, and I think the brokers, I don't think it really matters what they're selling. There's just things you need to look out for and things you need to verify. We're, we're in the middle of buying an online business that the owner has been pretty just absent. They run the business pretty remotely. They don't really spend a lot of time on it. It's more of a cash flow thing. And this broker, he's a great guy, but the problems that we run into, well, let's talk about the good things first. The good things is the communication's pretty on on point in terms of uh, we're in different time zones. It's hard to manage us. And so the communication's good. The relationship and rapport has been good. But the the things we want to look out for are the numbers, obviously making sure the deal's right. When you're buying an online business, it's a 3x multiple or two two to 3x multiple, depending on the company, at least if under a certain EBITDA or, or revenue range. This one's under a million dollars. So it'll cap out of the 3x multiple most likely. And the things I've been running into that you've probably seen before are the numbers aren't accurate and the valuations are based on the numbers. And as we get into the due diligence stage, we start to realize that there's been probably no oversight on ensuring that the numbers were accurate. Yeah. And this is important people to remember, you know, when you're buying companies or when you're investing in real estate, it's important to remember that real estate agents, that's, that's their job. Brokers, that's, that's their job. So the agents and the real estate agents that they have, they're focused on selling a property. They're focused on marketing, things like that. And you as an investor, you need to be ready to ask questions that they may have not ever even thought of. You know, we have a relationship with a, an agent that t- brings us off-market deals who we've had for a long time. In fact, too, he, he's probably the most in tune with our industry out of any agent I've ever met. And still, we find lots of things that he doesn't know. He doesn't own the assets, right? He doesn't know. It's not his job. So we needed to come in and we found things, everything from payroll to different capital expenditures that were overlooked. Now, when you're dealing with expenses, right, you're trading off a cap rate or off a a multiple of revenue. So when you find expenses, like if you found $10,000 that they didn't for some reason know about, or they didn't even ask about, you, you know, you're paying an extra $30,000 at a three times multiple, or, you know, at a six cap, you're paying huge multiples on that $30,000. So it, this is big money. And this is really important. So when working with brokers, I think you need to first, you know, our experience it is good, like rocks, I'm getting an off market deal. He's a great guy, we have great relationships, and I trust him. He would never do anything to screw us. And he knows the business. So for us, both sides, and for you, that cuts down a huge amount of work because they're going to start to do you know, a lot of this due diligence, things like that. One of the downsides is, though, now you're trusting that work. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I, I just wouldn't trust it. Yeah. At least on the e-com side, like I'm verifying. I've gone so far back to I'm, I'm going to rebuild the seller's books 
which I want them to pay for because they didn't run the books right. So I'm not going to pay for your expense. Like that should have been your expense all along. But I'm going to verify your books. And if the deal doesn't go through, hey, you got new books that are accurate. But that goes as far back as 2018, getting all their invoices, all their duty charges, all the import costs, all their operating expenses. And we're going to rebuild her P&L based on historical figures. And that is what comes, that's how we get the numbers right versus taking the broker's word for it, the seller's word for it. And it's never a good sign when the broker's like, hey, yeah, she's admitted or, or they have admitted that the numbers are, are wrong. And I'm like, dude, you, what do you, <laughs> like, come on. Like, this is not how. And the price is wrong. Yeah. And, and what, yeah, exactly. The sales price, let's say you're buying it for $250,000, but you're on a, on a $80,000 net income. Let's just say that's an example. If the net income's off by, let's say, thirty grand. That changes the purchase price by ninety, almost a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Which, on a on a small purchase like this, that that That's, destroys the seller. Yeah. Because the seller is thinking, oh wow, I might, I'm going to get this valuation. But all along, her books were wrong. Uh, so so w- when we look at the bigger picture of things, it's super important if you're on the sell side to have accurate numbers and have an v- accountant doing it with a verifying <laughs> every month. You should be yes. getting those reports. You might look at it as an extra cost, but it's a it's a necessity. It's not like an optional thing to have your books done. Well, and two, to include expenses that you know are incurred, but they may not include. And, and, and what I mean by this is, so let me give you an example on the real estate side. They do this in business and real estate. Every time I've purchased a company or real estate deal, I'm always looking out for these things because there's expenses that are basically taken care of, but they don't include. Like, for example, people don't include their time in running the storage facility. So we're like, oh, well, who are you paying to management? Oh, we don't pay that expense. Oh, well, then who's managing it? Oh, I do that. Yeah. Well, then someone is. Well, you're doing it. Or you have people that are running it day to day, and they don't include a salary. And you're like, they're like, oh, well, it's just me. Okay, well, then that's fine. Then that profit isn't what you're saying it is. Yeah. And an important difference on, and I don't know if it's a difference on self-storage is when you're valuing an e-commerce company, they look at seller discretionary earnings. So they're going to look at any expenditures that um, one, yeah, the, the owner's compensation, the net profit, but also like, say I run my phone, my car, my insurance through the company that gets added back through to seller discretionary earnings, because it's not necessarily a expense that I will incur. Right. So you get to add that back, which is great on the sell side because you get to live off your business. And when you go to sell, you can add that back and get the, yep. get the net on, or the, the multiple on it, which is what I do that. I mean, I, I run a, a ton of my expenses through the company because not only are they business expenses, but I want to keep them. If I know I'm going to get the multiple back, I'm going to run them through yeah. the company. And so when, when we're looking at valuation, it's fine if they're not paying themselves, but they don't get to add in a salary somewhere along the lines. I look at the net net on their company and I'll give them the multiple on that. If they choose to not run a pro or run a payroll on themselves, it's not like I'm ignoring that, but I'm definitely factoring it on my operating expenses. Exactly. Because that's where you have to pull it. Yeah. When you're doing, so we do the safety. We rebuild all the numbers and the projections. Now their sell the discretionary earnings for the seller. Yeah. You may have fluff, things like that, but if it comes down to the operational performance of the asset, so they're thinking seller discretionary earnings is maybe an employee on the site because they're that employee and you go, but the site doesn't operate without it. Like the business doesn't even work. Yeah. That's, that's no longer discretionary seller discretionary, right. but sellers lots of times they have a hard time understanding, understanding because yeah. lots of times they run it out of like their personal bank account. Yep. 
And so they're intermixing funds. They put funds into it. Well, my internet bill is the bill that I have at home and I just pay for it. So I didn't put it in there. But in order to operate the computers, to take orders, everything else, you have to have internet. So it it needs to be in there because they're trying to maximize the valuation. And every single dollar that is put in there is sold at a multiple. So it's exaggerated. So they want to pull everything out that they can. So you really need to get a good fill. Certain things that you need to look at when buying real estate or anything is this management side. 6% on commercial real estate is standard to add in because it's a operating business. Someone's got to be operating it. Um, And all sorts of different things, everything from capital expenditures, you know, people can wait. And this is probably something that they need to look at on inventory wise. You can talk about inventory. I'll talk about the capital expenditures. So they will do basically no capital expenditures for three years because they try to take out all the capital that they can out of the business right before they sell it. It inflates the sell price looking at it. You go to buy it and you have a quarter of a million dollar capital expenditures on on your hand. They basically just... They've basically passed that buck on to you while also getting paid for ignoring that buck. So when you buy it, you have to build in. You have to say, okay, but we have another $250,000 also that we have to spend to get it up to standards. Well, how is that capital expenditure going to make your performance look like? So just like Rock talks about on the internet side, we do on the real estate side and you should do for every every business, we rebuild the finances internally in our own models. We take what the real estate gives us. We verify. We look at tax returns, billing statements, everything else like that. We rebuild that out with what we know and what we're going to perform. And then from there, we find a number that is acceptable to us to purchase the asset out. Yeah. And on the inventory side of things, it depends on what the, what the deal, like what the deal is, how, like what platforms they sell on, if they're vertically integrated where they have their own warehouse. I, most of the time companies will sell their inventory on, on top of their asking price because the, it'll just be excluded. Most of the time, if I was looking to buy a company, it would depend on the deal, but I would want the inventory included because I can't operate the business without inventory. And on a physical business, uh, physical products business, most of the time inventory turn, I mean, to produce inventory, it might take, let's say it takes two to three weeks to make it and then two to three weeks to ship it via C, you're six weeks out and without inventory, there is no business. So most of the time I would try to get the inventory included in the asking price because it is a part of the business, but it's not uncommon to, let's say you have a 3X on $100,000, so you're getting $300,000 and then they have $60,000 of inventory, so you'll pay 60. So it's the total asking is yeah. 360. But it depends on the business once again. It depends on what platforms they're selling on and everything's subjective. You'd, you'd probably have to go on a deal by deal basis, but I would be leaning always towards including the inventory in their 3x asking price. It's pretty, uh, it depends on the owner's perception of, well, if, if I just spend $100,000 on inventory and I'm going to sell the, my company now, I want my 100 grand back, which that's understandable too. Yeah. But that's just to kind of keep this short, we could probably go way more into due yeah, diligence. Which, and- yeah, we know. Because the, and the reason we bring, bring the due diligence side up is that's exactly, so Rock and I are both currently this week building out those books. He's dealing with the inventory side. And I just got back. Um, you guys, if you follow my Instagram, AJ Osborne, you just saw it on there. I was looking at the facilities and we we're talking about the capital expenditures that we were doing. And so, you know, we've, we talk a lot in this podcast about creating opportunities and executing, and we'll do a whole entire podcast on due diligence because this is a really important one and a good one, but it's 15 minute Friday, giving you guys an update on what we're doing, both moving forward, doing deals. We'll get deals 
This month also been on the consulting side. So far this month, we've just absolutely been killing it, brought in tons of new business. So it's been really, really, really busy. But I know a lot of you guys out there looking to get started, get started, get moving, because I feel like doing deals and things, it just builds upon itself. So the more action you take, the more it grows and it's fourth quarter. And you really see this right now in the fourth quarter because you've been working all year and it's like, yeah. we're finally reaping the, the uh, benefits of our, our, our labor. So yep. anyways, hope you guys love this one. Check it out on Instagram and on cashflowtofreedom.com to see the updates and uh, articles on it. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at Cashflow with the number 2freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.